0: Welcome to the podcast, In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening in to today's episode. In today's episode, we had the opportunity to interview Kane from SimCity Performance. We talk about his background and how he started his journey from inspiring the younger generation to fine-tuning their skills in rugby league, to becoming one of the co-founders of SimCity, a competitive powerlifting gym. We dive into how he started his own powerlifting journey from humble beginnings his passion towards the morality of creating a supportive and encouraging environment, and the drive to thrive in life through resilience, persistence, and the ability to give it your all. We also touch on how you can get started yourself in powerlifting, what you need to be mindful of to build to your best, and the reason why most people fail. Kane has a can-do attitude, and this episode is packed full of of an uppercut of courage. Thanks so much for listening in and enjoy. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. For everyone listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Hey man, Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the
1: podcast. Me and my buddies are pretty stoked to be on it. Um, uh, My name is Kane Stewart and uh, I uh, own a gym called Sim City, but what I would describe myself as is a strength coach um, leaning towards uh, strength athletes.
0: Epic. So for everyone listening in, before we dive into like what SimCity is, um, what you're about, and a bit about your own story, let's dive back, you know, where you were born, um, what your first job was, and how you've kind of found yourself, you know, powerlifting today.
1: Yeah, sweet. Um, I, I guess I was born uh, in Sydney or New South Wales in Darlinghurst, but uh lived there for about a year, so I can't really remember that. Then we made our way up to the Sunshine Coast um and uh we ended up being around blah uh namble original area um and uh yeah found, found myself uh, probably solidifying myself more in the, the namble region just with school and
0: footy and, and everything else and did you always like so you've come from like a say like a, a sporting background into powerlifting would you say
1: yeah yeah so uh, i always played footy uh rugby league growing up and um uh, I was always into swimming and and running and and just staying fit and active and I was always always around those people as well. Um, so I, I think I played uh, rugby league all the way up until uh, A grade, which would have been eighteen nineteen, um, and then slowly made the transition over into powerlifting. And I think what what did it for me was I just had a few injuries, I guess, like yeah. you know the, the typical story most guys and. Um, when I I broke my collarbone, I decided it'd be a good idea to get into the gym a little bit more than what I was getting into it and slowly found that I like this. Mm. This is something that is a controlled environment where I'm not going to get whacked or, you know, uh, I'm not going to get an injury on a weekend, then that's going to ruin, you know, the rest of my training or, or my work and my structure um, that I was trying to implement at the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But in, in regards to work, I uh I think my first job was, working for the arl uh so the australian yeah yeah the the australian rugby league um and i was just going around to schools uh with a guy named um steve and uh we're just teaching young fellas and and young kids how to play footy and we're just teaching them basic skills whether it was you know doing a little grubber kick or we're teaching them how to just do a little pass or we're just trying to implement the skills and
0: and spread the sport Mm, that's cool that's, Cause I remember one of those, like having that experience when I was in like primary school, when I was super young into orange and I loved it, eh? It was like a cool experience. Cause it's like, it's like that, I guess it's like bringing in like a community of like belonging in a new, new environment of like, you know, doing something different and being like, oh, this is cool. Like, and this is like a team sport and et cetera. So how'd you yeah. get in, in into that? Was this based off you playing sport and then you got the opportunity to go in there yeah,
1: yeah. So it was, it was just through, uh,
0: like I, I made it to a, like a representative team for
1: footy and, uh, one of the coaches, uh, that was his job. And, um, so, uh, I, I was doing the cert three in fitness at the time. And obviously doing that, you're not earning money while you're studying. So uh, I thought it was a good idea to reach out. And I think my dad helped me at the time to, um, connect it all together. And, uh, I just came on as almost like a, an, an intern, you'd say. And I would just do uh, one day a week uh, when I was at school, and then uh, in the school holidays they would run off off, uh, off school programs, and we would try to go out there also and um, have have days
0: or carnivals or events um, with these school kids. Epic! What do you think was the 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 highlight for you by doing that? Do you think you like learned some cool skills towards like be, becoming like more of a leader? Would you say? Yeah, like patience. <laughs> <laughs> It was my first time teaching kids and,
1: yeah, it, it was a good eye-opener and I guess I can appreciate now what teachers go through <laughs> when when yeah. you're in school because it, it was the first time I actually had to take charge of, you know, a, a group of
0: people and it was a good eye-opener to be like, damn, all right, maybe we were little rats in school. Yeah. It's so funny. Hey, were you still, like, when you were doing that, you were still at school, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you change your attitude after that yeah. or you was?
1: Oh, hundred percent. I was like, now I know what people like teachers take stress relief. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. Like you
1: always get that one kid that's just, you know, against everything you say or doesn't want to listen and nothing you can do other than be patient really. Yeah.
0: yeah. And how do you find the transition between like, you know, going from rugby league, playing all these sports, swimming, et cetera, to like going into powerlifting? Would you say that like, it was like a bit of a, a challenge for you to kind of switch those roles? Cause they're complete opposites
1: uh there's like heaps of different aspects and I find that with footy I love the the culture of the people and having mates so close to you and mates that will do anything for you and when you're on the field um you're a team but when you're doing an individual sport like powerlifting or any other individual sport it's just you so you go to training and it's just you um but I guess luckily at the time we had this little community of boys um in the gym that we all started getting into powerlifting so it just made it easier and made it more fun and you know, we we would have nights, we would all come train together just in the, the little commercial health club in town. And um yeah, that that sort of led into trying to grow the the powerlifting community. Uh but in terms of like the the changeover, I actually found it really easy. Um I found that when I was at footy, you have to rely on everybody else. And, you know, if you're giving it your all, it doesn't matter if, you know, the guy out here, he's doing nothing. Mm. You know, people are working a very, very good team with strong players around that are there to commit and and they're giving their 100%. It doesn't matter if you personally giving your 100% because if your team's not, then you're going to lose anyway. So I found it really rewarding in a way to just be able to get into a sport where you do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's super interesting. Because it's like, I find, I kind of found this similar when I, I kind of made that transition from playing basketball early on. And I think it might have been like maybe 17 or so I started training and kind of transitioning into that like individual kind of thing of like self-reliance, I guess you could say. And, yeah. um, it, it's, it's definitely interesting. Hey, like when, when you're the one going from, all right, I've got to be here too, or I can go here. And making that, that difference between like, I should, I have to and I, I, I could, like a lot of people just don't. And they're like, that's why, you know, you see in gyms and everything in between, so many people, they always go past the could and just like leave it and they don't yeah. make any decision.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just because we have so much pulling on us, you know, gym's not everything in the world and the sport's not everything in the world and you know you've got whether it's family partners relationships with other people you've got businesses pulling on you and there's so many other things like tugging away your time if you don't mm. yeah you, of course you're going to stop and I think we've all been through it you've probably been through it yourself just going through uh, the motions of things pulling you away from you know your, your business or what you actually want to focus on you can't necessarily always focus on the thing that you want to
0: yeah it's it's a huge thing right and everyone talks about like balance and finding like finding balance in your life and it's kind of like projected as something that's like it's the same for each person but i think mm-hmm. i've said this to you before in the past i'm like i don't believe that my balance is like someone else's balance
1: oh, no, 100%. <laughs> so
0: it's like finding your own balance that actually is suited to you and makes you feel fulfilled because You know, let's for example, like I thoroughly, I I thoroughly enjoy working. I just like makes me happy. You know, what's the difference between myself and someone else? Someone might prefer to say, all right, they'll take two hours, three hours to just like, I don't know, completely turn off and do nothing and lay on the ground. I don't know. Whereas like, I'll be like, all right, well, I'll just go to the beach and I'll get some work done. And then that makes me feel good. Yeah. And I could imagine some people listening in like, what a psycho. Um, but like when you you start to like negotiate, like what feels good to you, only you'll actually know. How have you found like the transition going into owning your own business and finding your own balance? And what does that look like?
1: Yeah, I, it's it's been a good little roller coaster. I, I don't think you can just find balance. And I think we're mm-hmm. always just striving to find balance no matter what, like mm-hmm. kind of going at a set of things, always pulling on your time and energy, and you've got to constantly strive for that balance if that's what you want. Um, but I think it's just been a good learning process. I think when we we, we first started the business or we first got into the business, um, it, we didn't know what we what to expect. We were just so young, and I think uh, all of us were like, "How cool is this?" Now we just got our own space. You know, we 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 weren't thinking, I guess, business minded at yeah. the time we were just thinking, you know, we've got clients and we have passion. So let's get a space and let's see what happens.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, that, that balance now, I guess, I'm a little bit more like yourself in terms of what you said for me to feel, I guess, relieved or happy or whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah. I'd go down to the beach or I'd find a place where I can just be by myself and I can knock out some, some goals for the day or or smack out a little bit of work and that's what makes me feel fulfilled. Makes me feel like, you know, that, that list is a little bit shorter. That never ends.
0: 100%. I think when you're in business too, like it's, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people talk about the to-do list, but the, the to-do list does never actually never end. And that's like the difference between like someone who's like looking to get the list done and someone who just accepts that the list's there and they just keep chipping away every day. There's like yeah. two different paths there between someone who like actually you know, lives and they do what they want in life and they create what they want. Um, occasionally get punched in the face, which is fine. Um, and then there's a person who doesn't. And yeah. they just like, they're like, all right, I've done my five jobs for today. So, you know what? I'm just going to call it today. And like, yeah. you know, that's great. But then the next day they don't do their five jobs. Whereas maybe they should have just done two jobs on the Monday yeah. and then three on the next day and then, and so on.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, it's that it's that balance, hey. That we're just trying to find, mm. getting done at the right time, and yeah. But but yeah, like like yourself, you you probably just find yourself uh, constantly growing that list, even though you're constantly ticking things off.
0: Hundred percent. It's and just the enjoyment out of it. Like I think the perspective shift is like it's like I get to do these things that I enjoy. I get to pursue something that I'm absolutely passionate about every day. Versus like I have to as well. I think that's like such a big, like yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hey, you,
1: you got to get out of that mindset where you go, oh, I have to do this. I have to do that. It's like mm. everything you're doing is for you. So you just, just tick them off and just keep going. Cause all these little things, they add up, you know, if you do two little things a day, it's still going to add up. If you do 10 little 100%. things a day, it's going to add up. Yeah. I think I'll 100%. get, paid if I didn't have things to do. Like I'm
0: going
1: to probably just get the base tanning, but <laughs> yeah, You'd be brown, yeah. Put more time on the training or something, but at the same time, you know, you, you can't train all day. And you know, if we if we want to work to something, work towards something like your business or
0: my business, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna have those jobs. And what's um, what would you say is like the kind of the biggest challenge that you've faced so far in business? That's a real good one.
1: I think there's always challenges, and I feel like. You almost become a, a problem solver in term, like instead of like working, like, you know, you, you, if you went to a job and you got paid for doing the eight hours, um, that you were there for. And then when you leave, that's it. You don't actually have to think about work. Um, whereas for us, it's the problems will keep coming up and the, the problems just, you know, they're, they're not going to solve themselves. So you, that, that, that's what you've got to try to work out. Um, I think challenges in terms of business, Covid was a really, really good learning curve um, for us. Yeah. I think it would well many businesses, and obviously, gym or gyms had to shut down through Covid, um, and uh, that that was a great challenge. It was a good eye opener. I think a lot of people took that opportunity to to create a business where um, it that they could have done it online, and they they could still make money. Whereas at the time, my brain probably wasn't ticking that fast. Yeah. <laughs> And I was carting around all of this equipment of people's houses. And uh for those people that are that are listening, my clients, they know who they are. I was taking all those goddamn plates off their driveway and then taking yeah. them back uh, not, easy know, to, yeah, not easy to turn a powerlifters. Hey, that wanna you know deadlift a few hundred kilos at yeah. the house.
0: But that that's so good though, because like a friend of mine, um, he did something similar. I think I've chatted to you before about him owns a uh, Jim down in Orange as well, and he did the exact yeah. same thing. He's like,
1: yeah, yeah, you did, he's, yeah,
0: he's like, what he he did is, he's like, yeah, right, I'll just deliver it, or you come pick it up, or whatever it is, and obviously yeah. tallied what everyone had and whatnot. But it's like that just goes goes to show like the adaptability that you both. Both have to the situation. It's like situations always pop up in life and it's like, all right, well, how adaptable are you? And you know, like, are you going to like react or are you going to be proactive towards it? Cause you could have, you guys could have like shut your gym and then you could have, you know, just left it all there and be like, Oh, we'll just wait it out. And then, you know, it's two years later and like now there's like normality, I guess you could say in the world.
1: Yeah. Oh man, if we were anything like Melbourne, I just, <laughs> I
0: don't know. I'm yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it. Like, and even in world, Melbourne though, like I had a friend and he was a physio and like he just ran all around Melbourne doing his like physio things, working out, out of different like spaces, like, like closed gyms or offices or wherever he could just to like make his business work. And just like the, the, I guess the resilience that, that you build from like these challenges is so important. Talking about like challenges and such, like, like what's some of the, the like with your powerlifting career, like what, what's some of the highlights that you've gone through and the numbers that you've hit and um some of the challenges that you've faced in training as well.
1: Uh yeah. So um highlights <clears throat> would be, I guess, competitions and and hitting those PVs. Um back when I was uh eighteen, nineteen, I guess that's when I was at uh a point in a uh, point in my life where I was my strongest in powerlifting, um, before I faced a few injuries, like a lot of people do. Um, but I think some of the highlights were going to competitions with my best mates who were my business partners. Um, and hitting these big numbers and just the excitement and the joy of hitting those things, knowing it was just you. Mm. You, you. I think you just get so much enjoyment out of achieving those goals. Um, and just that adrenaline rush as well of, of doing that, but also knowing that you have your mates with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah what's the it's like i guess it's like one of those things as well like it's such a a community thing too Ooh, yeah like you have just literally got this i guess you'd say like a brotherhood more or less where like you guys like go lift heavy shit go break some records go thrive in life and just like having that community as well
1: yeah definitely oh man i remember back you just reminded me i remember back when we were we were training underneath uh one of the boys houses uh, his name's Aaron Sim, the, the gym um, is named after him and uh we were just stereotypical powerlifters at the time we had this camp chair right and it was one of those recliner ones we called it the space chair yeah. and if you had the heaviest uh workout of the day you you had the rights to the space chair and it was this unspoken <laughs> nobody, nobody actually chatted about it <laughs> and uh everybody else had to sort of weight load your weights for you and here we are all geared up, you know, squat shoes are on. We've got our knee sleeves on, got our wrist wraps on, and we're just laying back in a camp shirt <laughs> waiting for <laughs> someone to load the bar. But it was, you know, just thinking back to that culture of just how fun it was and how we all just had this like synced mind because we were such a, a close group or a tight-knit community, you know. It, yeah, it's just that's sort of what makes, the I guess, like those communities or friendships, just those little things like that.
0: And is that what – that's? I guess that's kind of what you've created like with – sim city as well yeah yeah definitely i think
1: like it's taken us quite a while to to absolutely nail that um community but i feel like we've nailed that community now um yeah and it's it's this community where everybody has each other's back yeah you know everybody's happy to talk i never wanted it to be like a a commercial health club where people come in they've got the headphones they're looking down they don't talk to each other Mm. you know Always wanted it to be everyone's there for each other. We're all out here pushing for the same goal, but individually. Yeah. And but we're we're all happy to actually help each other and, and that's what I do love. If one of the guys is going for a real, real heavy squat you know, three, four, five of the guys will just jump in and help straight away, just just in case to make sure he's safe. You know, everyone will just start backing each other. And yeah. it's that kind of vibe where even though if you looked in the gym at not like, you know, certain points you'd like, well, everybody's in the zone, nobody's talking. Two seconds later they're all laughing, they're all cheering and everybody's tapping each other on the back.
0: Yeah. And that's that's so good because like I remember the days of like like it's definitely come a long way like people in gyms compared to like when I first started like training and stuff. I remember in gyms, where you just walk in and you, you don't even look at someone. You just do your shit and you leave. Eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's still like that with so many gyms, people come in and they, they put their head down and I completely understand it. Like when, when I train, I like to be like that, mm. but I never wanted to create a place or a, a gym where people just did that. Yeah. I wanted to do a little bit more than that. And I've always wanted like culture, community and almost it to feel like uh, it's a family in in some sort of sense.
0: Yeah. And with like kind of going along that journey and like obviously building that culture and that community, like it can be like a pretty, I guess a a scary place for some people who say want to get in into powerlifting or they want to start training or whatever it is. Like when you start got into that, what was the process for you? Like, were you just like, you just jumped in and like, how have you like, I guess, helped other people kind of jump into that field of powerlifting
1: yeah so how i got into it was uh my my second job was at a gym uh and just a commercial health club and i was just doing reception stuff and then when i became qualified i moved into an anytime fitness and um so when i moved into this anytime fitness i was still young i think i was uh, I would have been just turning 18 like late 17 years old yeah and, um I walked in and there was this guy, I was just young and naive, and he was squatting like 180 kilos. And uh, his name's Nick Weir, if he does want to have a listen to this. Uh, (laughs) I remember just going like, what the actual? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was intrigued. And it wasn't until I I was in the gym just working one day and this guy came up to me and he goes, hey, man, can you just um, film my deadlift? I'm just going to go for a a new max. And uh, that was Aaron Sim. Yeah. And I never really met him before though. I'd seen him around and he ended up doing a, a 180 kilo deadlift. And my mind was blown. I'm like, who are you? You're like 60 kilos. How did you just do this? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so we started chatting and we, we got a little bit closer and we, uh, I guess we became uh, mates. And, um, one day that first guy I was just talking about, Nick, he decided to do a powerlifting comp. At the time we all started sort of like training at the same time and having these little chats. And so he invited us to come watch us. And, uh, I went down to this, uh, gym called Valhalla in Brisbane. This was back, I think in their first, first location, their first shed. And, um, it just blew my mind away. I'm still young and I walk in and, you know, there's, there's somebody who's squatting 400 kilos. There's 200 kilo bench presses. There's these guys with legs like, abs- like absolute cows. And, uh, I remember this, uh, I'd never forget it. This guy, he went to pick up 360 or 365 and, he just uh, he, he didn't look stable and so they told him to racket so when you're at a power thing comp you've got to look stable your knees got to be locked your bar's got to be sitting over the top of your hips and uh so they told him to it, and because they didn't say start he could do it again and so he picked it up again without breathing and blacked out he just <laughs> collapsed and I remember <laughs> just being at this competition and my mind was just blind I'm like what is this sport <laughs> <laughs> you know Instagram's only just just come out a few years ago. I haven't really seen much of powerlifting and yeah, my mind was blown. And I think from there we just got into it a little bit more and it was only like two or three months later I did my first competition. Wow. Yeah. And what were your numbers when you did your first one? Oh man, so my body weight was sitting at oh sixty eight kilos, I think I weighed. Um, it was scored on a a body weight to weight lifted ratio. So I was trying to get nice and light. I think at the time I was sitting around that 75 kilo mark and I cut a few kilos into this comp. So payment at 68 and it was a push pull. So I think I benched like 120 and I think my deadlift was a 210, but you know, I look back on some of those photos and I'm just like, damn,
0: this guy's like a twig. (laughs) (laughs) But what an absolute flex though! Of, like being so small and just like obviously lifting so much.
1: Yeah, and I guess that was the cool part. That that was sort of the aim because I, I was up against some pretty big boys. Some of these guys were one hundred and ten to one hundred and let's say thirty kilos. It was just there's no weight class. It was just all in the one division. And um, yeah, these guys. Uh, I think one of them did a three hundred and like twenty kilo deadlift and like a two hundred kilo bench. But on points, it actually put me fourth on the board. And uh, if I could have pulled something out of my ass at the time, yeah. um, I would have actually come fourth. I think I was two points behind fourth because my body weight was so light. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool in those competitions, but not all competitions are scored on uh, body weight to weight
0: lifted ratio. Yeah. So how does a normal competition look?
1: So uh, a normal powerlifting competition, you've got your three lifts. So you've got your squat, your bench press and your deadlift. Um, and then you've got weight classes and depending on like which federation, you've also got age classes as well. So whether you're a sub junior, a junior, um, you're an open lifter and they, they all just range between certain age brackets and then you've got your weight classes going from obviously smaller weight classes all the way up to open weight classes, where it's, uh, you know, 125 plus or it's in other federations uh 140 plus.
0: Yeah. And, Let's just talk about like the progressions in that. How how long would you say it takes you to you know obviously with your plans and stuff you periodize everything. But like if you have to explain it, what's the process towards you know working up to like those I guess competitive lifts?
1: Um, in terms of like weight, do you mean? Or
0: yeah, weight training um, time frame.
1: Yeah, I think um I think you see it a lot with young lifters. They come in and go so hard, they get very strong really quickly and um, they find themselves being injured. Um, I was one of those. Um, or you find the person who just sticks with it. They don't go crazy hard. They push when necessary and um, they find themselves over time just getting better and better and better. And I think it's one of these sports where uh, you can be so old and still be in the prime of your strength. You know, you look at other sports like, uh, let's say, rugby league, you're in between that, anywhere between nineteen and let's say thirty, being your prime, your prime age um, for performance. But with strength training, you know some of these guys aren't peaking till they're thirty, thirty-five, forty. I think you look at Cedronis Savickas. I think uh, he won his his last uh, World Strongest Man title at I think he was in his forties, forty-five. Don't quote me oh. on this. This could be wrong, but he was. You know they they called it that old man strength.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. does he have a T-shirt? Brand or something called old I man think, strength. I think he,
1: oh, oh, no, nah, no, nah, I don't think that's, that's him, but I'm oh. pretty sure we've got a few supplement companies, a few other things going on for him.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause I've seen that shirt around. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. If it is the same person,
1: it's a thing though. Hey, that old man strength,
0: a hundred percent. They're, they're yeah. everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just years and years of accumulation of training. Yeah. And, but going back, to you, going back to your question about, um, uh, how long it takes you or what it looks like. Um, I think it looks different for everybody. I think that's probably the appropriate answer. Um, and depending on how quickly you want to get there um, is, you know, is one thing, but also what is your body actually capable of? And I think with any sport, you're predisposed to your genetics or you, you're to your genetics. And if you've got a, a great structure or great levers, you might find yourself lifting a lot more, um, a lot quicker than a lot of people. Um, for example, um, one of my guys at the moment, um, his name's Will, uh, he's 15 years old and he's pulling 280 kilos. Yeah. That's solid. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. And, and, but if he didn't have the limb lengths he did or the, the structure he did, it probably wouldn't happen. So that's why you don't see other 15 year olds doing it. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I could only imagine like a fifteen year old hearing that and be like, "I'm gonna go and try to lift two hundred and you know but like not not um you know comprehending obviously like those other things, and I think that's a big thing in training as well is like a lot of people do they see different particular people training in different styles of training, whatever it may be, and then they they see it and they're like, "Okay, cool, well, I'll just get to there in twelve weeks." Or yeah. you know that 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 challenge mentality, I guess you could say, and just like you know shifting that mentality from like it's it's like it's not a short burst of energy. It's like it's a long long game. It's a it, you've got to just keep dribbling the ball until you know you get to shoot, and then you got to get the ball again and do the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Hey, and it's one of these sports where. You can have skill, but it takes time regardless. And I think the more the, the less time you spend injured, the better. So, you know, mm. if you have someone grinding it out for 5, 10, 15 years and they're injury-free, of course, they're going to be absolute weapons. Of course, they're going to be ahead of the game. They haven't had these setbacks at all.
0: Your own programming look like?
1: Uh, so I, I have a coach at the moment,
0: Yeah, um, which helps me with that. Um, uh, the,
1: I guess the structure at the moment is – Bench pressing four times a week, squatting three times a week, deadlifting twice a week, and then having a bunch of accessories in there, focusing on, um, obviously making the, the three lifts the, the priority or, or make them go up in numbers. It's not so much about the, uh, looks or, you know, an, an aesthetic
0: appeal. It's a sports performance, um, approach. And with your training and stuff as well. And I guess like in with the athletes and stuff, like how, how big does, nutrition play in obviously you know the role of you know improving too
1: oh i think i think it's
0: huge i think
1: um nutrition it's just as important as your training um and i think you see a lot of people get away with eating heaps of junk food and heaps of crap and i think short term it's not going to affect you but i think in the long term it will affect you um, you know, that also then goes into your sleep, your nutrition, your sleep and your training. It's all, that's about the recovery really. And if you're just putting crappy food in your body for a long period of time, you're going to slowly, you know, find yourself going back down that ladder or falling off that slope opposed to this, the person who is focusing on their sleep, who is trying to get good food in and who is training hard.
0: Yeah. What do you think um when it comes to like the mental side of training is the biggest challenges for people? Uh It's... The
1: mental side is it's the long game and mm. people want it now. Like you were saying before, you know, they see they see a 15-year-old kid doing this, another 15-year-old, and uh, they go, I'm going to do that in 12 weeks. But when they don't achieve it in the 12 weeks, they get disheartened and a lot of people give up. Mm. And I think... When it comes to competition as well, you, I think this is why it's so good to get into a sport or get into a competition um, early on, regardless if you're good or not, because you need to, you need to learn how to take not winning, and either it drives you or you run away from it. And if it's if it's uh, something that you run away from, then that sport is probably not for you. But if you know you you have a, a lose and you find yourself almost beating yourself up in a way and wanting more, then you're a competitive person, and this might actually be for you.
0: I think that's, it's so interesting too. Like, like it's good to lose is like such a big thing. Yeah. Like, and like, I th- I feel like that mentality, not only in like, you know, the competitive environments, but I guess like life as well. as like a lot of people just don't have that. And we mm-hmm. instantly kind of go f- from that to, well, someone else did this, so it's fine if I do this. And we, we, we continue to justify our own set standard in life
1: yeah yeah of course
0: what do you think it is that like you know sets someone apart to you know set their own standard in their life mentally where they can like you know keep themselves at that high point not just like you know always winning but like always having like the the i guess the resilience or the fragility or the the perspective that you know hard shit's good shit (laughs) yeah
1: yeah of course yeah i think uh part of it is it is a choice whether you decide you're going to back down or not but i think part of it's just like instilled into you if you're that type of person from the get-go or not Mm -hmm. you know if you are someone that is going to run away from something when it gets hard or if you are someone that um is going to stick with it i think it's uh it's it's just sort of instilled
0: into you or it's not yeah 100. do you think those these kind of things can be like i guess people can shift to have that instilled in them in the sense of like they can make that decision yeah for sure yeah yeah, yeah. i think people can get that into them yeah it's all about like prioritization
1: right like and i think we hit points in our life where we go what actually matters mm-hmm. what like what am i putting this time into this for is this actually helping me achieve my goal i think that um you know, people say, oh, it takes too much time. But I think the bill of regret is way bigger if you don't achieve what you want to achieve. And until you can realize that, you, you probably won't push. Mm.
0: The bill of regret. I love that. That's sick. Um, so for your own kind of like, I guess, aspirations and what you want to do, what, like where do you see yourself in, you know, the next five years with your business and your, your own competitive stuff too?
1: Yeah, no matter what, I definitely want to keep growing my business. Um, <clears throat> the gym being, uh, I guess, it's its own thing that uh, fuels itself, um, runs itself, and then the coaching is something that we constantly are trying to build on and and then grow as well. So I see myself um, building up this coaching to a point where uh, all I am training is athletes only um, and pushing towards more in the strength realm. Um, and uh, for myself personally, um, really putting time into being the athlete I always wanted to be and actually achieving something or being being the best at a certain standard
0: mm. I love that Let's see, just like setting that standard love it yeah. so yeah. I've got a few questions before we dive into our next last little bit but um, so the next bit is like speed questions so you got to answer them quick it's no pressure No pressure, (laughs) and and every time I never tell anyone what the speed questions are, so it's great. I just get a good laugh. Um, But uh, first one is best advice you've ever been told.
1: Best advice I've ever been told. Oh damn, this is a real good one. I guess uh, maybe not being told, but heard. Nobody else is going to do it.
0: Yeah, epic. Uh, Worst advice.
1: Worst advice. Uh, Give up.
0: Yep, love it. (laughs) um favorite memory favorite memory this is a good one probably just going back
1: to the 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 prime days of when you're young and you've got absolutely no stress under the sun except uh your mates (laughs) Mm. you know and and even that they're they're just the the best thing ever so best memory would just be hanging out with the boys and creating i guess creating this uh this gym and, and starting it was one of my best memories
0: yeah um biggest regret
1: biggest regret um putting my time into people that i shouldn't have that yeah. took away yeah. from the goal took away from who i wanted to be
0: yeah and uh one piece of advice that you'd give someone this is no longer a speed question uh one piece of advice that you would um give someone who you know in life maybe they're just like they're pursuing their business or they're pursuing powerlifting um and they just they're just stuck at a crossroads what advice would you have for them i
1: guess uh this is a really good question. I wish this was uh, predetermined and I knew <laughs> I knew how to answer it. <laughs> uh, I think best advice you could I, I could give somebody would be just figure out who you want to be, and, and if you're if you have a business, figure out what type of business you want to have. And, and uh, to give you an example, in in the gym sense, for ourselves when we started. Uh, we were a gym and we're we're a business, right? So the only way a business can run is money Mm -hmm. and don't stray away from what you truly want to be or what you, what you are. You know, it's so easy just to go, Oh, we're going to do these fitness classes, but I never want to do that. That, That's not me. You know, we're just thinking that because of money, we're thinking the goal is strength powerlifting. And uh, if you can stick to your guns, you'll become niche and you'll become that person you want to be, but also,
0: You'll attract more than probably what you ever thought over time if you stick with it. Mm, that's epic. That's great advice. What's um, three pieces of advice you'd have for someone who wants to get into powerlifting? Get a coach. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, yep. Um, get around people that are like-minded. So being in the right type of gym, um, and also listen to your coach. Try not to, try not to push so hard when you're young. If you are, try not to be the, the person who goes all out and hurts himself. We are very ambitious as, as humans. And I think if we can just pull ourselves back and be a little bit more level headed, we might be in this a little bit longer and we might, um,
0: get further than we ever thought we could have got. Mm. Um, what's your favorite book that you've ever read? Yeah. Look, I don't actually read books audiobook um, uh yeah no not gonna lie really yeah yeah i'm so surprised i've i've, I've taken <laughs> you as a completely i thought you would be right into audiobooks
1: yeah no so i i get amongst some podcasts um yeah. what's your favorite podcast favorite podcast oh look i'm gonna say it and people are gonna be like man what are you talking about i just get amongst the the funny joe
0: rogan one's not gonna lie i <laughs> Joe Rogan's great. I love it. <laughs> He's got some really interesting podcast episodes, that's for sure. He like hits like four different demographics of people as well. It's really yeah. cool. I think um,
1: it's, it's the 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 wide range he can get on there as well. And it's it's the people, right? You, you, he gets the people on there that
0: might not be on other podcasts, and you can get a bit of a perception into their lives. Hundred percent. So, um. For anyone who wanted to, you know, reach out and find, you know, find SimCity, um, get into powerlifting, watch your journey unfold, where can they find you? Uh,
1: yeah, so social media is a really good one. Um, you can find myself at Kane Stewart PT um, or you can find the gym page at SimCity Performance and that's double M, so M. Otherwise, you can just head over to the website and there's all the information about us.
0: Epic. So last but not least, Um, if you had a a message like a teleportation machine and you could go back into the past and you you wanted to tell yourself one thing, what would it be?
1: Damn, get me with these good questions. I reckon it would be uh, just don't push hard things away like school. Just, you know, I think as we learn, as we grow up, we, we learn that learning is fun and you know i think being being a little bit uh more switched on through those school years would have helped me a lot and would have changed a lot but i regret nothing and
0: uh i'm ha- i'm really happy with where i am and and the journey that i'm on epic mate that's huge well I'd just like to say a huge thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Really appreciate your time and having you like share some of your knowledge and your experiences and a little bit about like, you know, how you kind of got it, got into powerlifting and what you're getting up into, up to in the future as well. So thank you.
1: Yeah, no, thank you, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks so much for listening in guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it. If you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it, then share it with a friend or family member. Share us on social media. Leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today. The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in.